Um, so that came about by somebody within CNBC, like hearing about my story and my testimony um, of earning like seven figures in scholarships and then graduating from Princeton. And while I was there, Go Tigers. building a six-figure <laughs> business to help um, different <clears throat> students secure scholarships through social media and personal consultations. And they were interested in that. And they were like, we would love to feature you. And I was like, okay, we out. <laughs> I'm going with the flow, and thank you, Falaron. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow. I'm here with a special guest, special for many reasons, but like I just told her, she is the first two-time guest on the show. Had to double back. Had to had to run it back, because this is quite the honor. I've had a few people who have been on ask me to come back on. I said, no, I need to spread the love, but... Gabby Carter is just so amazing, doing so many cool things. Yeah. And you actually texted me out of the blue a few months back. You were like, oh, I was just listening back to the episode. We need to run it back. Yeah. And so so here we are. But before we get into that, I'm obviously your host, Falarno Kulaja. Stop what you're doing. Like, subscribe, retweet, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Period. All those fun things. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Okay, now let's start the, start the show. Gabby, yeah. how's the week? How was the week? Honestly, this week has been cool. It's been like graced with a lot of anxiety though because my birthday's coming up and obviously When's your birthday? You can relate to that in November, okay, November okay, 4th. Okay. But we have so many friends who are Scorpios, so I'm trying to get my plans together before they claim my date. There's a lot of Libras <laughs> and there's a lot of Scorpios. Every me and my three roommates our birthdays are all within a month and a half of each other. Wow. We have, you know, like the November's very own trio. All yeah. their birthdays are in November. I think they already have their weekend. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot a lot going on. Yes, my roommates are Libra too. So I was raking my mind like, okay, what do I want to do to bring in this 23rd year of life. It's still coming to fruition, but that's basically what I was thinking about. Um, so overall, the week was good because I'm like, wow, like I've made it this far. You mm -hmm. know? What are the what are the loose plans if you can share? The loose plans are to have like a pregame for my birthday. Okay. Um, because I also am just trying to do something that's more upbeat, more fun. Like last time I did a game night, which was you really did. nice. I was but it was a little fun. bit more on the intimate side. I'm thinking of doing the same thing, but up in the theatrics a bit, you know? I get that. So what did I do? Last year, Jordan year, I threw a little party, mm -hmm. rented out a little a little spot, threw a little birthday. Yeah. This year's a calm one. I sent you the invite. You didn't RSVP yes. yet, but it's... I, okay. I didn't? You, I don't think you did. I had every intention of coming today. Though. Okay, I'll see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, you, can you put your mic a little bit closer? Oh, yeah. Um, amazing. So I will see you there tonight. Period. And then this year is, again, it's just the, it's the 24th, so I'm just doing a little apartment party mm. in one of my friend's spots. But my 25th, the way I'm already telling people to save the date, because mm. 25 we're gonna do it do it do it big again got to um so yeah birthday was yesterday uh before this i got a haircut mm -hmm. which right after my haircuts i'm on top of the world Hello. no one no one can tell me anything <laughs> i literally took a very long walk to get here just because i needed more people yes you need to, to be seen to see the haircut and i was curious <laughs> what is the what's the girl equivalent of getting a haircut something that makes you feel good and you're like okay like no one can tell me shit right now getting the holy trinity your hair done your lashes done and your nails done okay okay fair enough Fair enough. Um, okay. And so, like I mentioned to you beforehand, for anyone who might be new to the show, usually I spend most of the time just talking about my, talking to my guests about the things that they're involved in. Yeah. 
um, background, interests, that sort of thing. Trying to do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And so I think with each episode, I'll just touch on the most, the trending topics that are going on right now. Mm -hmm. And today is what? October 6th. Big album dropped this morning. The Drake album. So first question for you is, (laughs) did you already listen to it? And if so, what are your thoughts? I listened to one song that my friend sent me. Okay. The one like 8 a.m. and something. 8 a.m. in Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? Hold on. Let me see. Yes. Drake always talk about a time and a (laughs) A time and a location. Yes. But honestly, and this is one of my like beige flags, but... I don't care to listen to an album in order, like, the first time that I listen to it. I like to listen to it on shuffle because it lets me know if I actually like the songs as individual entities. So that's the only song I've listened to. And I started, like, another one, but I don't even know what was going on. I was like, you know. Okay, so it's 8 a.m. in Charlotte, and you just said two things that we need to unpack right there. First thing, (laughs) beige flag. What the fuck is a beige flag? It's like a red flag to some, a green flag to others. It's like up in the air, you know? Okay, interesting. Hmm. Even that, even using that term, I think is a red flag. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I don't. It's either green or it's red. But even okay. back to what the beige flag is itself, do you not think that there is some value in listening to whatever artistic creation in the order that the creator meant for it to be listened to? No, absolutely. Storytelling is really important, especially in the the world of art, which is actually one of the questions I have for you. But we'll get to that yeah. later. Um, but I just don't feel pressed to do it like on my first listen. Okay, fair. Like, on my first listen, I'm looking for songs that I like. Like, do I even like a song on this album? Then beyond that, I'll be like, okay, let's get into the musical masterpiece. You know? Okay, so jump around and then eventually you go back and listen to it all the way through. Yeah. Okay, so as long as you do that eventually, then I think that's that's fine. Again, still a little bit <laughs> interesting of a take, but I think first time I was listening to an album, and I'm always hesitant to say like no, hesitant to say I don't like an album on first listen because mm-hmm. I did listen to Drake's album all the way through. And on first take, it didn't jump out that I loved it, but I'm not going to say I dislike it because I need to go back and listen to it. But on the flip side, there are albums that on the first listen, I know I love it. Mm -hmm. This wasn't one of them, but I'm not going to say I don't like it because who knows, I might give it a few more listens and then... And then things things will change a yeah. little bit. That's how I felt about his house album. And I also had to listen to the albums more because sometimes I have my own personal memories and attachments to the music itself. Yeah. So like when I just listened to I can't remember what it's called, but the the house album, that's yeah. what I'm gonna refer to it as. Like I was just listening or whatever. But now when I go back, I literally remember being in Charlotte with my friends, mm-hmm. just having a blast. We had just graduated from college. That was the most carefree I had ever felt in a while. And I just had this vivid memory of like us swimming in this big body of water after we had like taken the boat out to just like celebrate life. Yeah. So that album kind of like got a lot better to me once that memory became associated with that body of work. Honestly, that's the same way. And I agree 1000% memories or music does have attachment to certain memories and then Mm -hmm. it gives it a certain elevated meaning. I remember listening to not the last Burner Boy album that came up, but the one that came two mm-hmm. albums ago. That was a good one. Um, and I just moved to New York, I believe. I remember being in my apartment, just Aww. listening to some songs and be like, I, I feel like an adult now. Like this, like listen to Common Person, listen, listen yeah. to It's Plenty, all these different songs and feeling like 
I had entered this new stage in my life, and this mm-hmm. was an album that sort of like marked that jump for me. For sure. For me also. So okay, yeah. So first listen didn't. Again, not going to say I disliked it. I need to go let back. Let it marinate. Let it marinate. Sticking to the music theme. Mm-hmm. So a few people went on tour. Drake being one of them. Yeah. Beyonce being one of them. Taylor Swift being one of them, mm-hmm. who we'll get into. Did you go see any any tours this summer? I went to see Beyonce. The okay. Renaissance tour. Okay. Tell me, tell me about that experience. It was so good. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I'm a crier, so, you know. What specifically made you cry about the Beyonce concert? It was just a spiritual experience, you know? Like, I feel like Beyonce, when you really go back and listen to all of her albums, like four, that's my favorite Beyonce album. But listen to all the different beautiful bodies of work that she's made. She is really tracking her journey throughout womanhood. And I feel like... We talk a lot about the transition into adulthood, but we don't really like get into the nitty gritty of becoming like the person or the gender that you identify as. And when I was listening to her music live, I was like, whoa, like she got grown women, school in life, signs, like all these different songs that the lyrics hit different now that I'm in a different phase of my life and a different phase of my identity. So that's really what made me cry. And then also like just being there with my roommates, like, wow, we are here watching Beyonce on the highest like grossing tour, tour for like a black artist. She's breaking so many boundaries. And then on top of that, I'm here with my friends. Like this is a memory that's going to be stamped in my mind forever. So that's why I cried. Okay. I love that. I, I, I respect that too. And it, I again, the things that you're saying about these moments in time and the music especially mm-hmm. being one that depending on where you are in your life, so it will mean something more and more to you. Right. I remember, like, the first concert I ever went to... Well, have I ever cried at a concert? Don't think so. But <laughs> first <laughs> first concert I ever went to was J. Cole. That was a 2014 Ooh. Forest Hills Drive tour. That was my sophomore year of high school, I think. Either sophomore summer or junior summer of high school. Wow. First concert I ever went to. And I have this vivid memory of... Because I wasn't that big of a J. Cole fan before. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I wasn't even that big of a music fan at that point in my life, to be honest. But I remember very vividly going to the concert, one, looking up at everyone, seeing how diverse it was. Yeah. I remember he did the song Lights Please, which at this time is now one of my favorite songs. Aww. When it first came out or when he played it, I had no idea what that song was. But I re- have this vivid memory of looking up and seeing everyone around me rapping it word for word, yeah. everyone singing, him singing. And I'm like, this is just a special, special mm-hmm. moment. So now whenever I hear that song, it takes me back to that, mm-hmm. to that time. Um, what was that your first time seeing Beyonce on tour? Yes, that was. And how would you compare it to other tours that you see? Where does it rank in all the different tours that you've you've seen? Is she as good live as the people say? Because I've never seen her live. She really is, okay. and she, for me, she blew everybody out of the water. Well, honestly, let me not say that because I also <laughs> went to a Chloe concert, which wasn't as grand. I feel like part of Beyonce's allure is just the grandness with which she does everything. Like the visuals were so well thought out. She has her dancers who all have their individual moments to shine. But then the formations, the way that she reinterpreted some of her songs, like she'll use an instrumental for one song, but then be singing lyrics of another. And she just has the budget, you know, to really do that. But then when I saw Chloe's concert, it was way smaller. I think it was at like Pier 50 or something like that. Way more intimate venue. She didn't have as much space to be doing like all these different things, but she still had 
a storyline throughout her show and she could sing. The costumes were amazing. She looked beautiful. She was dancing. So that was a phenomenal experience that I would put up there um, like with Beyonce, but you know, Beyonce is kind of in a league of her own. In a league of her own. And okay, this is a good segue and a good transition into another artist that I mm-hmm. want to talk about. We'll get into her relationship status and what's kind of taken over by store. <laughs> but do you, so obviously Taylor Swift is on tour. Yeah. Did you realize how big of an artist she was? Because personally, I did not realize how big her fan base was. And I did not think that she was in as high of demand as she was when it comes to selling out stadiums, the way mm-hmm. her fans cap for her. She goes out to eat dinner somewhere. Everyone is crammed yeah. around, that sort of effect. So I'm just curious as to, because again, we, everyone, it's a massive world. There's a lot of mm-hmm. different people who have different interests. Sometimes we might be in our own bubble. Personally, I did not think she was as big as she was. Am I the only one who felt that way? Or did you already feel or know that Taylor Swift was as big of a of a star as she was? Yeah, she's not really my kind of artist. I feel like if you talk to white girls, she's definitely like, they're it, girl, you yeah. know? <laughs> she's and, their Beyonce, yeah. <laughs> yes, but I was talking to my former coworkers, like, that's what made it really apparent to me like oh you know there's an audience out there for everybody yeah because the way i feel about beyonce is not necessarily how they feel about um her but you know taylor swift is how like somebody that they would drop everything to go see um and it's just a testament to the fact that everybody has their own audience you know so yeah and that's fair and so are you aware of her relationship with Travis Kelsey. I feel like you'd have yeah, to be living under, living under a rock to not know that this was taken. Yeah, <laughs> taken I've been seeing it on Twitter. Twitter keeps me in the know, or X now, <laughs> which still, is a whole... We're still calling it Twitter. <laughs> it's, twi- it's Twitter. The same way the Stable Center is still the Stable Center, even though they try to switch the crypto.com arena. Yeah, it's no. It's still the Stable Center. Twitter's still Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Makes sense. But yeah, I saw it. I mean, I don't really care. It's not my relationship, you know? Okay, fair. <laughs> this is true. Okay, and the reason that I bring it up is just because I had to get, I have to get one thing off my chest. Mm. As a as a football fan, football okay. is one of my favorite sports to watch. Love the sport. Every Sunday in the fall, that's what I look forward to. I watch it all day, every day. The NFL is already one of the biggest leagues in the world. It might be the biggest. I saw this one stat where last year in 2022, out of the 100 most watched sport or TV shows or just broadcasting TV, 82 were NFL games. That's how massive the NFL is. They start doing their little relationship, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift. The way that these grown men who usually all they do is talk about sports now are doing whole segments about Taylor Swift, they're showing the game on Sunday Night Football. They're playing her music. They're panning to her every other second. I just want my sport back. <laughs> 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 to be honest, I'm not even a Taylor Swift hater. I like some of her songs. Love Story comes on. I'm singing every word. Shake It Off comes on. I'm singing every word. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I'm fine with Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't dislike her. This relationship is making me start to dislike her <laughs> because of the amount of attention that is being put on her from this league that really doesn't need any more attention. Mm-hmm. And so that's really just something I had to I had to get that off my chest because no, it's, it's been bothering me. And I've never rooted against a relationship, but... <laughs> This might be one of the ones. This might be one of the ones where, where <laughs> yeah. if and when it ends, I think it'll it'll be better for the football fans to go their one way and the Taylor Swift supporters to go their separate way because this mish- mismatch and this mosh, it's not really, it's not doing it for me. 
So I really brought it up. I didn't it didn't even know if you would have a strong opinion on it. I have I just no have thoughts. A, just it, vibe. That's fine. That's why I have a podcast because I get to talk about these things. <laughs> and you know what? Do you think you as a man having a podcast is a red flag? Oh, great question. Great question. Because the amount of times where I bring up the fact that I have a podcast and the visceral reaction <laughs> that I get from people, especially women, and then I have to say, hold on, let me explain. And then when I give the background and I say what my podcast is about, some of the guests that I've had on and what the content is, then there's a sigh of relief. <laughs> I think that just hearing in isolation with no other context, you see a black man, ah, yeah, I think black men, especially with a podcast, there is this assumption that you are Fresh and Fit Podcast or one of these other, yeah. other types of shows. Child. So when is the perfect time to tell somebody that you're interested in that you have a podcast? Oh, I, I mean, I, again, this is my single favorite thing to do in the world. And so I talk about things that I care about. And so it comes yeah. up. It comes up pretty much, pretty quickly, actually. Okay. First date, I'm like, oh, by the way, go with the flow. Have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I'm not, I mean, it's because one thing about me is I'm someone who's always very conscious of the image that I put out there. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't try to promote something if it was something I was ashamed of. I don't think there's anything that I say on here that's crazy. Yeah. I would listen to this with my grandma, with my parents. Aww. There's nothing that I'm saying that's crazy. And so yeah, I am I'm proud of the work that I do. And so it's something that I that I speak about. And hey. then flipping the question back to you, when you hear that men have podcasts, what is your reaction? And why is there an immediate reaction to think that it's a red flag? Because you have, if you let a man talk enough, eight times out of 10, he's going to say something that's remotely alarming. Eight times out of 10? Eight times that's out of 10. That's a high percentage. Yeah. Maybe four, five, 50%. You, yeah, you're saying that as a man. Because we're talking about your brethren. This is true. But <laughs> if we keep it at a buck, like if you really sit there and listen to a man, a lot of the time, like... Something misogynistic is going to come up or like just really objectifying women or something that is going to put like a bad taste in your mouth. And of course, that doesn't go for every man. But majority of the time, the men who have a platform and really do end up taking podcast things seriously are doing things for sound bites and like feeding into toxicity, like kind of circling back to Drake. I could see Drake coming out with a podcast and just kind of spewing the misogynoir that he's already been doing throughout his songs, throughout his tour, like, and throughout his lifetime, so. And as I, as a man with a podcast who does not spew misogyny, who has very wholesome content, I would like to be the one who is repping for those of us who honestly, we just like talking. We like yeah. having conversations. Yeah. We're trying to create a little platform for ourselves, and there's ways to do it without doing the little sound bites, yeah. saying crazy things. And so... I would just implore all the girls out there, when you hear that a guy has a podcast, I would not jump to the worst possible thought about the content because there's go with the flow. Period. There's there's wholesome podcasts like this yeah. where I don't, yeah, I this is, you can listen to, I've done, what, like 50-something episodes, a lot mm -hmm. of hours, no content that I wouldn't stand by. It's all, nothing That's crazy, all, all wholesome. That's how you should feel about your art. You should be proud of it. But the use of the word implore really tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Because? <laughs> because it was so like, you said it was such conviction. But kind of jumping off of that, 
it was interesting to hear that like on a first date you would tell the girl that you have a podcast because on a first date I don't tell anybody I'm dating that I have my business grown with Gabby. But I what kind of keep that in the background? So even when it comes to if they, because it's a very common question of what do you do for work or mm-hmm. what do you do. So if you get asked that question, what do you say? Because that is your that is what you do for work. Yeah. So I say I work in finance because I still do. Do you? Yeah, I talk in, about money. I okay, work with okay, finance companies. Okay. Like it's just in a different way. Um, but and then I if they and then if they keep digging, what do you say? I just don't answer. <laughs> like, okay. if I don't want to answer, or I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to. And the main reason is because, like, I have a lot of me online. Okay. It's not in the same way that, like, a lifestyle creator may talk about, like, her makeup routine or her own dating life or her fashion ideas. You know, I'm predominantly talking about scholarships and educational opportunities, which has its pros and cons, but I do like that I'm able to maintain a certain air of privacy. Um, but in general, like... I'm still getting to learn you. I don't know anything about you. Usually they don't use like any more social media than Instagram and Twitter and they may not even be active on there. But a big part of my job is to post proactively, is to be on my website updating it and like letting people know about me so they can see me as a credible source and somebody who really earned seven figures in scholarships and is trying to help you do the same. Um, and I don't want to give all of that up before I even know you as a person, you know? Okay, my counter to that is, and I'll just read off some of these impressive stats. You have 253,000 followers on TikTok, 48,000 on Instagram, and 24.4 thousand on YouTube. Yeah. If they want to find you and see what you do, one Google I, exactly. will very quickly get them to that. Yeah. So why not just... Oh, you want them to do the work to find it themselves. Like, if you really want to find out, you can find out. But I'm not going to be overtly, like, spewing that out there, you know? Okay, another question. Um, The dates that you go on, are are they mostly through dating apps or meeting people in person? What's the route? Or both? Combo? It's been predominantly through dating apps. I have met some people that it's just been, like, when I've been out and about. But even the dating apps, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Say more. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I had a question. Let let me ask you this question about the dating. Wait, apps no, okay. Is. Before you ask me the question about the dating apps, because what I was getting at is, when you meet someone on a dating app, are you the type to? And I'm gonna guess the answer is no, based on what you just said. But I'm gonna ask it anyway. Or are you the type to research every single thing about them, find their Instagram, find their LinkedIn, find every single thing about them, or do you just kind of go into it blind because you're trying to meet the person and learn everything about them for the first time when you actually interact with them? That's a good question. Honestly, I try to lean on my gut feeling. Because sometimes your intuition is going to tell you, no, you need to look this person up, see what organizations they're affiliated with, who they are, because the person they're presenting on this app is not who they actually are. And I've had like some scenarios where like men will perform and put on an image that they think that you want when that's not really them. So in those cases where I have that feeling, I'm like, all right, you said you went to this school. Let me let me <laughs> well, yeah, look you up. See, yeah, but that, that you stuff know. you can't lie about, though. I think the you things lying. I don't find that people lie about that. You okay? How do I phrase this in the most appropriate way? Let's just say sometimes you see a profile online and then you see them in person. You're like, "Ooh, that you call the girls catfish." <laughs> 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 
your that was that those were your words, not mine. Because you can't really lie about your school oh or your goodness. hometown. Yeah. You can lie about your job, kind of, but I find that to be the the same way girls say guys lie about their height. Things mm-hmm. like that. They do. I, that is do, why is that? People just be lying for no reason. Like, and I'm not really lying. I'm kind of like half truthing, but it's if we get to a point where I can trust you enough, because I feel like everybody in the world doesn't have to know the real you right out the gate, you know? Yeah. Like, you have to earn mutual trust and respect. And this is like a way that I've developed to protect myself and my energy because when I did go out there being like really just, you know, honest and earnest and just like ready to put things out there and I wasn't met with that same reciprocity and I actually like met some people who could have been really harmful I realized no like this is still the internet and to a certain degree everybody is putting on a facade so especially being somebody like me being somebody who has a lot of my life online already I'm gonna put those mechanisms in place to protect myself and if you find it you find it but if you don't you know, you only know what I tell you. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say a facade. I would just, my, the way that I look at it is everyone's putting what they think is their best foot forward, which some people mm-hmm. is a facade, but and other people, it's... Best is very subjective. Like, because, oh, this is a good question. <laughs> what are some pictures that you see on somebody's dating profile that are automatically going to make you swipe right or left? Automatic right or left. Um, I think this is a bit, you should have at least one solo picture. Do you have pictures with your friends that you profile? Um, I, let me look at my profile right now. I, actually, I lied. I deleted him off my phone like a week ago. So okay. I actually don't have Cleanse. it. I, yeah, I need, need, yeah, needed it off my phone. Um, <laughs> but from memory, I think I had one picture with friends and then the rest were solo pictures. Okay. So I guess that's a basic one. Have a solo picture at least every, like I shouldn't mm. have to be like, which one? Are you? Which one are you? I feel like that's a strategy though. Everything. Yeah, but I think that's a strategy if you're not confident and exactly who you are and then that's why i show up on the day and you're like i thought you was the other oh are you speaking from experience not out of (laughs) no not in the specifics of like only group pictures and then i show up but there have been somewhere in person and fun i'm like okay there's a little discrepancy little discrepancy perfect political way to put it discrepancy because i'm not i wouldn't say more than that but yes discrepancies so i think that's one swipe left but no swipe there's no automatic swipe right Mm -hmm. i think it's just again a holistic oh pictures look good sometimes a prompt if the prompt is funny boom (laughs) you swipe up on that but there's no automatic like yes and then for no's Group pictures. If you have hella dudes in your profile, like hey, you got guy friends, like good for you. But like, all right, cool. Mm. And that's not even that sounds crazy. But I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I'm on your hinge. I don't want to see all your guy friends. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I think those are the only two that come to mind. For yeah, what about you? Dang, there's a lot, honestly. But the main one that comes to mind is that if you have a picture of you like severely inebriated. People do that? Yes. Like people will post them like on the floor, knocked out. You could tell they're clearly drunk. Or if they have like a bottle in their hand. What about or, a drink? Um, smoking. A drink is fine. But if you got like a bottle and you just like outside in the street or you're smoking like in your car. It's not that I have an issue with you drinking or smoking. It's like, why out of all the pictures you have, <laughs> this is the one that you put on your profile? Yeah. It's giving me that this is 
such an important staple in your life that you felt like you had to put it here. Yeah. And I don't want somebody who puts those type of drugs on a pedestal. Because yeah. alcohol is a drug too. Okay. I guess technically, yes. Technically it's a drug. Okay. And so um, back to, because I like the idea of the, the first date conversation. It's a funny one. Hmm. Out of the dates that you've been, what percentage would you say meet your expectations versus disappoint you? Um, I think now that I've And changed, I would say, let me call it by saying, disappoint could be whatever it is. Whether it's the profile is not who they are, you just don't have a good time. Disappointment could be whatever, it, mm -hmm. whatever way you define it. Now that I've changed my strategy and I'm like just overall more selective with who I even let get the opportunity to go on a first date with me, I've had a lot more success, a lot more enjoyable um, experiences, even if it doesn't amount to anything. Yeah. Like, I think a big part of adulting for me now is just learning how to date because I never really experienced dating before. And you can have been in relationships and not have dating experience. And that was the kind of place that I was in. So, yeah, I've been having, like, a good time getting to know people, learning more about them, learning more about myself and, like, what I want. And it's funny because I, I want to ask a follow-up question, but Someone sent me a TikTok mocking podcasters, and the, <laughs> the question on it was like, so on a first date, do you like, does a guy pay or the girl pay? It was that question, and that was like the classic, like, oh, like there's not really any new content out there. Yeah. And so I want to ask that, but I'm not going to just because yeah, I, I have that I have that, I have that that TikTok in my mind mocking, mocking me. So, yeah, because like, would you really as a man want to be on a date, a first date, and then make... The woman pay you, not representing all men. You personally, yeah. would you want a woman to pay on the first date? No, I pay all for, for all first dates. All right, yeah, period. But not everyone's not everyone's me. Not everyone has the same values and looks at things the same way. But it's okay. We don't have to. We don't have to get into it. One more. One more random one. Speaking on dating, have you heard of the show The Golden Bachelor? No. You haven't heard of The Golden Bachelor? No. Okay, so <laughs> you know what The Bachelor is? Yeah. Bachelor is one. Usually a younger person, guy, there's 30 female participants trying to vie for his heart. There's the opposite The Bachelorette where it's one girl, 30 mm -hmm. guys trying to vie for his heart or her heart. There is a show that just came out. It's called The Golden Bachelor mm -hmm. where the bachelor on the show is 72 years old. Okay. So Golden Bachelor, he's an older guy. Mm -hmm. And obviously all the <clears throat> women who are vying for his heart are all a little bit older in age and closer to his age. Mm -hmm. How do we feel about that idea for a TV show? Off, since you've never even heard of it, when you mm -hmm. hear that, like what is what's the first thing that comes to mind? Are you like, this doesn't make sense? Or are you like, I kind of, I like the idea. I feel like everybody deserves, deserves to find love. love. I you agree. I agree. It, it, dating is not <laughs> just something reserved for people in their 20s. Like, it's 40-year-olds trying to date, 70-year-olds trying to date, you know? So, period. Fair There's enough. an audience for everything. I, I agree. And I, because initially I heard of the concept. I was like, hmm, interesting. How's this going to work? Mm -hmm. I haven't actually watched an episode. I think it just started recently. Yeah. But for, from some of the clips that I've seen online, it looks like it's going to be quality television. Okay. I guess, again, exactly what you said. People at all ages are looking for love. And we're all way more similar mm -hmm. <laughs> than we are different. It's true. <laughs> Ooh, what's one dating show that you would be on and one dating show that you wouldn't be on? Um, I would not be on Love is Blind because Love is not blind. 
and I would be on. Oh am my. I am I lying? No, these <laughs> like, are valid thoughts. Exactly. Yeah, because love is. Yeah, love has eyes, and it. <laughs> I've never. You've never seen someone. No, no, no. Okay, you've seen people, and you're like, oh, I'm interested in them, and then you might meet them, and their personality sucks. And you're like, okay, fuck that. Mm. But I've never like. There's no way without the physical attraction that I think personally that a relationship could work. Does again, love is in the eye of the beholder. Everyone's attracted to different things. But mm-hmm. for whoever you are, you need to be attracted physically. Mm-hmm. And so love is not blind. So it wouldn't be on that show. Dating show that I would be on. The Bachelor. I would be the Bachelor. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would do Too Hot to Handle. That's a fun one. That's again, you're just and I feel like as a Libra man, you would thrive on too hot to handle. What does that mean? I, I can't tell if that's an insult or if that's a damn. I th- <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. That answered the question. But you know, I would do I would do too hot to handle. Um, I would do the Bachelor. Most of them I would do, just not love mm-hmm. is blind. Yeah. I would not do the ultimatum. The oh, but I don't really count that as a date. I guess it is. I agree. That shows a wild concept. Yes. Mm-mm. What's the like, one that you would I'm- do? Either one of y'all is begging for your partner to love you enough to marry you. I don't want to have to force anybody to marry you. To, to, yeah, to, yeah. Especially not on live television. Yeah, that's a wild show. That's a wild concept. And I don't, again, I watched the show. I don't think any of them ended up staying together. Because I think that's just a death sentence on your relationship. To go on national television and say, oh, the he doesn't want me, she doesn't want me. Let's and then we're going to date other let's people. Let's dating other people is what's going to make us actually love each other. Ooh. At that point, you should just... You should just call it quits. Yeah, ciao. Um, okay, we only have a few more minutes. Okay. But one thing that I want to touch on, the Universal Studio deal that mm-hmm. I saw you post about. Yes. Tell the people about that, what it is, how did it come about. Yeah. Congrats, by the way. Thank Very cool you. opportunity. So it is a really cool opportunity. Um, basically, I'm a part of the inaugural cohort for NBCU's Creator Accelerator Program, where they chose, I believe it was 10 different creators, and they just wanted to invest in us and give us the opportunity to create content um, to live on their streaming platform, Peacock, you know, and have like your own show. So that was like a really awesome opportunity. Got to go to um, Universal Studios in LA and Orlando, um, tour all of the facilities, meet a bunch of people um, through leadership positions and creative positions to just get a better lay of the land of what it's like to be in TV and media and where this industry is potentially going because content creation is like really disrupting it, right? Like now you have people through their handheld devices, they have the opportunity to cultivate their own audiences, talk about what they want to do. And that's what I've been able to do with Growing With Gabby. And really how the opportunity came about was just somebody found my content. They knew that they had this um, opportunity in the pipeline and everybody submitted like hundreds of names of different creators that they wanted to see in this program. And then from there, a smaller cohort of people were vetting through. They looked through your pages. You go through a little interview process and then they ultimately chose like the 10 of us who were in the program. That's dope. Um, Are you allowed to speak to what it is that you might be working on potentially or what kind of show is it that you specifically are trying trying to make? Y'all gonna have to tune in and find out. There we go. Leave him, leave him with the cliffhanger. <laughs> and okay, when 
is there a sort of timeline of when we can expect to hear more announcements or what is what is that whole process like? Or is it the right now just The timeline has been kind of disrupted because, you know, the, the writers stri- are striking the writers and strike, the actors yeah. are striking too. Although the um, writers just came to a deal, the actors are still striking, I believe. Yes. Or is it yes? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> thankfully, progress is being made there, but it also just goes to show you, like, how even though content is really, like, giving a lot of people a lot of opportunities, this is still like a capitalist society at the end of the day. And a lot of businesses are still going to want to make as much money as they can. Um, So then you have instances where people strike to get, make sure that they're getting paid their worth and like being given the opportunities um, that they deserve to be given. So yeah, while they're still figuring that out, the program is going to continue to evolve, but it's coming. And then on a somewhat related um, topic, the CNBC make it that you got featured in. Yeah. How did that come about? Also very cool. Because I remember, how did I see it? Oh, no, I think you put it on your Instagram and that's how yeah. I saw it. But I was like, this is kind of cool. I've seen a bunch of these videos. Yes. I know this girl. <laughs> I used to always watch the CNBC make it videos because I feel like they're such informative segments. <laughs> it's really nice to see how other people are living, how much money they're making, what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. And it was super inspirational <clears throat> to me as an entrepreneur because it showed that you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. As long as you have a passion, as long as you work on it, like you can make a living and still be doing something that you care about. Um, So that came about by somebody within CNBC, like hearing about my story and my testimony um, of earning like seven figures in scholarships and then graduating from Princeton. And while I was there- Go Tigers. Building a (laughs) six-figure business to help um, different students secure scholarships through social media and personal consultations. And they were interested in that. And they were like, we would love to feature you. And I was like, okay, we out. And then they came to my house. Like, honestly- even though the video itself wasn't longer than 15 minutes, we were filming for the whole day, like from 8 a.m. I believe to it. 6 p.m. I believe it. And it was so interesting, like having people in your space talking about something as taboo as money, but it's important. It gives people perspective, you know? And then on top of that, like I had to film in public. Like I remember I was taking the two train downtown. I was going to ask you specifically about the scene on the subway. (laughs) It was a very good lesson in just embracing yourself and not caring about what other people think. Because it was a lot of people on the train who like, was like, who the fuck is she? literally. <laughs> and I just had to get over myself and yeah. then I was able to get over like how other people were looking at me. Yeah. But other people thought I was a celebrity. They was like, oh, she got cameras following her? What she got going on? <laughs> um, so a lot of interesting reactions, but overall it was a great experience. Yeah, and the the two things, I remember when I had Nick Johnson on, <clears throat> he was in the Jay-Z video for Entrepreneur, the Jay-Z and Pharrell video, and he was talking about how they went to, I think, Toronto or Montreal, um, Canada. They went to film him in Canada, and they were filming him for a very long time. Yeah. And then in the music video, he's like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then also, say, <laughs> remember how senior year they filmed Oppenheimer on campus? Yeah. They filmed that shit for probably three or four hours. I remember going to see the movie. I was like, oh, shit, we're about to be so heavily featured. We uh-huh. were maybe... 15 seconds of the movie. And to think they disrupted people on their way to final exam. (laughs) Yeah. Just for it to be a few seconds. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so to wrap us up, the song segment, I tell all my guests, come with five songs that describe who you are as a person, leave it up for interpretation. The first time you were on, was this a segment on the show at that time? Yes. Okay, it was. Okay. 
Um, so let's see how the five songs are different now than they were. What was that? A year and a half ago? Two years ago? When you when you came on the show? <clears throat> and okay. I, same as last time. Say the song and say the reason. Okay. So my first song is "Conceited" by SZA because the lyrics just really speak to me. She said, I got everything that I need and I want more. I can't take my foot off their necks. It's a non-core. Like, come on, sister. Mm, she was bars. really talking that. <laughs> um, I just think it's a cute, flirty song um, that encapsulates, like, how you think it sometimes. Then Cranes in the Sky by Solange. That song is just timeless. Like, whenever I put it on, I just feel like I'm floating. I feel like, you know... Sometimes you go through things and you think the shopping can help. You think that dating can help. You think that like all these other forms of escapism can help. But really what you got to do is just get right with you again and recenter. Um, so I really love that song. It's traveled with me through different eras in my life. The next one is Here I Come by Dennis Brown. That's like a older Jamaican reggae song that I grew up listening to Um when I was growing up in my household. So it just always holds a special place in my heart. And that song too has seen me through different um, phases. And it's based on a biblical verse, like in Psalms 26, where it's just basically talking about your cup running over and like God always providing for you and having his hand on you as long as you stay in his house. So I love the beautiful message of that. What is that? Three songs? That was three, yeah. Okay, my fourth song is He Broke I'm Up by GC. That's just like real. <laughs> it's real. You broke out love. And is that just about just guys in general or just, you know? No, it's not about guys. Okay. It's about me. Okay, okay. Fair like um, the chorus is I write it, I say it, I do it. I feel it push shit in my music. If I want it, then I'm going to get to it. Only me, who I'm trying to prove shit, and I know I'm going to get to them bands. Trusting God, I'm ends of my plan. Looking good, best on the land. I had a nigga a fan. So Enough said. that's all, period. <laughs> and then the last one is the one, um, Chop Life. I don't know who it's by, but that song just reminds me of summer. Like whenever it comes on, I got to, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so yeah, I love feel good music. I love music that's a little more lyrical, but anything that speaks to me. Amazing. Um, Gabby Carter, thank you for coming back on the show. Thank you for, thank you for being the first two-time guest on Go With The Flow. Yeah. As the show keeps on going, you'll come back on. When Period. the show comes out and it blows up and you're all famous and shit, you'll come back on. Um, yeah, this was fun. Um, we got a little spicier this time. We did get a little spicier. Yeah, okay. but I liked it. Never, never hurts. Um, but okay, this has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all.